Hello and welcome to the second episode of IBE. I'm Isabel, the host of this podcast. Thank you all for the love and support you've given us to the first episode of IBE that we released last week. Do follow us on Instagram at the IBE Experience to get updates when we post new podcast episodes. We also have an email, myibexperience at gmail.com. So feel free to drop us questions on tackling the IB. That's myibexperience, M-Y-I-B-E-X-P-E-R-I-E-N-C-E at gmail.com. Today's episode is specially for secondary school students who are coming from O levels and are not really knowing what to expect for the IB. So we'll give some advice and input on that. And I'm joined by my good friend and fellow schoolmate, Gwen. So Gwen, would you like to intro yourself? Hello, my name is Gwen. Um, my subject combi is actually HL Biochem Math and SL Chinese Econs and Language, mm-hmm. also known as BCME. So um, how I actually got to know Isabel is that uh, my home is actually a 15-second sprint from her place. Mm-hmm. And during cross-country last year, I was walking to the bus stop when this bubbly girl suddenly called up to me. So it's completely like penguins of Madagascar. <laughs> so after that, we just clicked um, spiritually and non-intellectually. Yeah, it's it's really cool because Gwen uh, was is doing a science stream and I'm doing a humanity stream. So usually in like our classrooms, we wouldn't meet. But because we live so near to each other, ta-da! Yeah. Mm-hmm. So today's topic, uh, as we mentioned, we're talking about uh, how people transition from O-level to IB, which mm. Gwen is familiar with because mm. she just went through the process uh, two years ago. So just just wondering, Gwen, uh, do you dis- expect to go to ACS after you finish your O-levels or was it a choice that you made only after getting your results? Okay, so for some context, right, I'm actually from a neighbourhood school called Commonwealth Secondary School and I scored seven points at um, the O-level exam. So it's seven mm. minus two because I don't take higher Chinese. So I got five points. There's three parts. So usually it's those that do very well, those that don't do well, and those that do okay. So, yeah. <laughs> so do you know how the point system works in O-level? I want um, yeah. five. So about, so um, the lowest you can get is two. Like, two is like, ridiculously well. You're really like. good, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So if you get like two to seven, you are very good. You can go into all the top JCs, all the way until about NGC, SGI. Oh, yeah. okay, okay. But um, then so those are the people like me who you know can get to any school. You are you are satisfied. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they are usually very happy. Then you have the intermediate. So the intermediate is where most of Singapore will fall in. That's about um eight points to about thirteen. Um, but I mean, most of your friends uh who took all levels, do they only decide after? when they got their results or did they have like a something in mind? They had something in mind, most of them, um, but I feel like most of them had something in mind because most of them didn't really believe in themselves. Oh, yeah, they, okay. they didn't want, they didn't think that they would do well for all levels. In fact, if you go on Reddit, you see that no, like hardly any of the students have any faith in themselves that they do well. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people try to make up for their fears by um, applying to this exercise called EAE. I'm not very sure if you know it. It's called um, Early Admissions Exercise for uh, Polytechnics. Yeah. So okay, they all okay. try to EAE there. Um, but it's also very photonet there. Yeah. yeah. So IB is a very new curriculum in Singapore. 
a lot of people are very familiar with O levels and A levels because Cambridge has been um, spearheading most of Singapore's exams for many decades. So IB is a completely new thing, and um, especially to get into perhaps like medicine in Singapore, mm. um, a lot of students would rather take the A level route. Um, but so I actually didn't really expect to, but it was my dad that made me choose um, ECSR. So um, Fortran was my first choice and ECSR was my second choice. And um, during the same year, a lot of people got the same score as me. And so Huachong did some balloting and I didn't really get it. So mm. I got into ECSI. Yeah. Mm. Do you know any like reasons why your father wanted you to go to ECS? Yeah, because um, firstly, <laughs> uh, ECSI produces almost perfect IB results. It's kind of <laughs> very obvious and... So, so my dad thinks that it's a very smooth route and it's also recognized very well overseas. Mm-hmm. Um, and my dad, um, he has many friends whose children are also from ACSI and they've all done well academically. So there is this consistency that is not very present in A-levels. And A-levels is really very rigorous. So the way that the A's and O's works um, is that um, they tend to prepare you for two years and then at the end of the two years, there's this major exam uh, that is 100% weightage, yeah. but um, it is very, very stressful and I've seen most of my friends break down. So um, on the contrary, IB is like two years of consistent hard work and I think my dad looks at my personality and he thinks that I'm, <laughs> I'm more of the diligent, consistent mm-hmm. type. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so perhaps that's why he chose um, me to take IB rather than A-levels. Personally for you, like what kind of research do you do on IB versus A levels, and what made you like choose IB, or consider IB at all? Actually, I didn't really do much research. I, mm. All I did was ask on Reddit, um, on SG exams. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how that's how we roll, dude. Yeah, so um, why I personally chose IB, it's quite funny actually. I think I did it honestly. If I'm being very frank, I probably did it because of my dad. Um, my dad, my parents sat me down and he told me like the benefits of doing IB and like although it's very daunting, but I sh- I shouldn't let my fears overwhelm me. Mm. So he told me to just give it a shot. When you were doing research on IB, was there anything though that stood out to you? Like when you were posting on Reddit and stuff, was there anything about the curriculum you learned about? Uh, to any usually during Chinese New Year and like when I go back to Commonwealth, mm. I get the same question over and over again. What is IB? And the way I explain it to people is always the same. In the most layman terms, I'll just say IB is half poly, half JC because um, they have like a 50% to 70% weightage examination at the end of the two years, dependent on your subjects. And they have like the other 20% is just project works, which is what poly does as well. Yeah, so um, mm, I realised that um, everyone, what people were saying about IB was consistent with what my dad said. Uh, which is that IB is just two years of consistent hard work and that um, you are in, and, and especially if you're in ACSI, you're in an environment where people will push you to your limits and will push you beyond your limits because of <laughs> the surroundings and the kind of um, intellect abilities they have there. Lah. So that's really, really good. And also it's very well recognized overseas. It really, really mm. opens up your prospects yeah I guess I mean if you are financially able to study overseas next time I think it's also very attractive and even yeah yeah, even in Singapore also IB is very attractive yeah so even though IB is a newer curriculum we we don't know it 
or people, parents especially aren't as accustomed to it as compared to the standard O-level, A-level. But I think because IB especially has been in Singapore for almost a decade, so it's getting more and more increasingly recognised and it especially is equally recognised and considered for university mm. as much as the A-levels. Yeah, uh, so now I'll just share about, I guess, especially for ACS, how uh, different different streams, different people from different schools come to AC. And I think for ACS IB, it's a bit special because most of the IB cohort comes from ACS for your IP program mm. and from the MGS for your IP program mm. because those two are true train programs leading up to ACSI IB. And the rest, like Gwen, came from the O-level track. Okay, we'll talk about orientation now. Sure. <laughs> and I think... As a, somebody who was from MGS, Methodist Girls School, and then went into AC, I think I really struggled with the cliques. I was quite uncomfortable with the cliques and how I felt the O-level people were being excluded. And in fact, there was a small talk from our seniors doing orientation to remind us to reach out to mm. the new people around us. And I thought that was really important in making sure uh, the O-level people com- coming in had a good impression, first impression of, of IB. Mm. Um, so... I mean, with regards to orientation, Gwen, is there anything you remember about it? Wow, I, I struggled so much with orientation. I'm not trying to be negative, but orientation was a really bad foretaste of everything. But um, I think really, thank God that like uh, everything became a bit smoother. Um, I tried desperately to fit in. I think it's always hard. You know, orientation mm. is always um, going to be difficult for everyone. And some people win, some people lose. It's just it's just life. Lah. Um, but my... Now at the end of like the two years, mm. orientation honestly doesn't mean anything to me. To yeah. me. Yeah. yeah. It, it really just, it's just like your first few baby steps. But after that, um, as with, it's not just in ACSI, but um, regardless of where you go, poly, um, JC, A-levels, MI, international, um, either ways you're just going to have to go through this transition phase. Yeah. Mm. So um, just be courageous and go with it. And um, even if you don't, have a good orientation, it doesn't necessarily promise that you have a bad AC experience or yeah. a bad IV experience. Yeah, yeah, I think orientation was a lot of social socializing. And uh, I think coming from a situation where you you didn't have any other classmates or people from your school year that came in with you. I had but one other one other one person. person. Yeah, but I wasn't very close to her. So. Mm, mm. Yeah. So like not coming in with hardly anyone versus people who've known each other for four years coming in there's obviously this kind of like social disadvantage but all that kind of shakes down after orientation when you get reallocated to new classes Mm. and I think the two years that you spend with your class especially because you're in an intact class yeah it helps you to kind of bond together over be it studying or be it doing activities as a class Mm. yeah so um, moving on to I guess academics and stuff like academics I think it's very interesting knowing the O-level perspective of uh, studying for IB because honestly, I think the ACMG people have a much bigger advantage in transitioning because uh, the four-year IP program that we take prepares us very well for the IB. Uh, for example, we're familiar with the core facets of IB such as theory of knowledge and CAS. And we also kind of understand our coursework known as the internal assessments uh, and its demands a bit better than O level. So Gwen, what what do you kind of struggle with academic uh, transitioning to IB? Mm, I had so many academic struggles, and um, the thing is that I didn't know that many of my classmates already had tuition. So I and um, 
just a context, I also had tuition during um, my time in Commonwealth. Yeah, um, that's how I did well, honestly, because I'm not, I'm not very bright. So, but I make up for it by working harder. La. Um, but I, I struggled mainly with TOK. TOK was really, really hard. Um, up to now, I still think it's really hard. And <laughs> I hope <laughs> they can have mercy on my, on my results, please. <laughs> IB teachers, IB markets, if you are listening to this. But um, yeah, I, I, st- I struggled a lot with TOK. It's so much like knowledge. It's like um, knowledge and inquiry in A-levels. But it's mm. so in-depth. Um, and I also struggled with report writing, which you, you have to do for your internal assessments. Uh, yeah, any, anything else? Any particular subjects that were, were tricky because maybe you didn't prepare or know as much for it from O-level? Mm. I personally struggled a lot with, with biology. Mm. I struggled all the way from um, year five all the way to year six mm. um, until the IV exams when I really, I had to, to rely on um, additional sources as well. I think my biggest regret is that I didn't take tuition because financially I can afford tuition, but it's just my ego and my pride that <laughs> stopped me from taking I tuition. Feel <laughs> yeah. So um, I guess if you need additional help, don't be afraid to ask because um, don't be fooled by smart students like answering all the questions in class. It comes with preparation, um, to be very frank. And I don't think tuition is that bad a thing. I think it's a fantastic thing. In fact, uh, if you can afford it, please use it. Also, um, I would say that it's okay if you're not doing well in year five, um, but make use of the breaks, you know, like the November, December breaks, the June holidays, those things matter so much. And with COVID now and, um, you know, circuit breaker or all the, the HBL days, yeah. use it to the best of your abilities because um, that's what I did for most of my E's and I's. I managed to have additional time to do them simply because of COVID. Also, IB is a lot of independent learning. What you see in the textbooks um, are very limited. So mm-hmm. the teachers the teachers in IB do, do um, give a lot of resources. So do use them and always mm-hmm. uh, have this open mind to learn more. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, how about we talk a bit, we, we delve a bit more about uh I guess, the difference between O-level curriculum and IB in the context of internal assessment. Uh, mm. Do you want to talk about your internal assessment experience, particularly for biology? Mm. So did, okay. did, did secondary school prepare you for the, the essay writing? I mean, the, the report scientific writing? A hundred percent, no. <laughs> <laughs> the truth. Um, in the context of like bio... Uh, I I suffered so much from it because I just didn't know what my teacher was talking about most of the time um, and the criticism that I got from him uh, he's a fantastic teacher by the way but the the feedback that I got from him I just couldn't understand yeah uh, so really the O-levels never almost never prepares you for it because um, the internal assessment is a lot to do with practical work in O-levels most of the practical work in science um, are mostly memorized. <laughs> you just memorize it's the answers. It's a very rote learning concept. Yeah, it's yeah, very yeah. rote learning, which is why I did well, because if you are diligent, you can do well. In IB, the role learning is very limited, and yeah. sometimes it really just depends on... And it is very individual-based, because everyone's experiment is different. There is no way you can smoke through or copy <laughs> another person's um, um, experiment. Yeah, so... you. Uh, how I dealt with it was that I referred a lot to extended essays in the library yeah. um, just for a guide and 
you know, the, the more the more general things like structure layouts, you just ask your friends for help. I definitely had to ask my friends for help. And yeah. um I I sometimes ask my friends to just like, you know, glimpse through. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. that's great. You should always peer peer mark your internal assessment. Yeah, so um I guess but don't don't over compare yourself to others, you know. You're just definitely. doing it to um, what one advice I would give for eyes, especially for sciences, is that um, uh, it may it may seem like the end of the world, but at the end of the day, you're just making it to the be- um, you're just perfecting it to the best of your ability. You know, there's no mark scheme specific to your experiment, so um, don't be too hard up if things don't go your way. It's just it's just natural, you know. Mm. Yeah. So yeah. Gosh, mm. I think. I think bio I is so traumatic. Yeah. So many hours just spent doing yeah, do it. tests and tests I, and tests. I, uh, bio I was like my well, worst I I lost so much sleep for it, dude. Chemistry was better. Chemistry no. Was better. <laughs> no. <laughs> because at that point of time, right, I didn't know that for chem chem I you can refer to EEs because chem I was early in year five, so I didn't refer to EEs at all. Yeah. Oh good. Which was really I see, I see. really very dangerous. Yeah. So I hope I hope my Yes, <laughs> bank on resources. <laughs> no, we're okay. My IB exams can be okay. Yeah. Chemistry was, was... But, I mean, you know, you all learn... We all learn from a painful, painful memory law. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's okay. Do I talk about your EE? Do I talk about it? It's fine. Oh, my. My EE? Wow, fantastic. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I did English EE, but the thing is that um, my EE supervisor, whom I'm fantastically good friends with, it was a bit of a struggle, you know, to work with her because she was giving me very general advice and yeah. um, I didn't realise that my book, my the book that I was using wasn't suitable until like like three months before like the official deadline for EE submission. Mm, so two months before I submitted my EE, I, tra- I changed book completely Um, yeah, with the advice from a senior. Yeah, I just changed book completely. Yeah, that's the super strange thing about the EE. The teachers cannot give very specific feedback on what to change. The irony. Like, you can't change numbers and stuff because the EE is just writing, writing, writing. So they can give you general feedback Mm -hmm. on, like, changing RQ, changing content and stuff, but it's very general. And honestly, the EE... It's it's really fun if you know what you're passionate about mm. and, and you write a lot about it, that you got a good book. But as as Gwen is saying, like yeah, it can be really scary as well. Yeah. Um, I, I did my oh E within no. Yeah, I did it within two months. Yeah. Very, very tight. A lot of people took one year, about one year mm. or six months average, but I took two months. Very, very tight. Um and um, but I just choose to trust God with everything that happens, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm proud of yeah. you. It, it was a very tough push in the end, but yeah. I guess it's okay, you know, like, I hope I hope everything goes well, because right. even if I took two months, like, two months was like, oh, just blood and sweat, you know? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Okay, and then as a segue from talking about I guess, academics and especially because you're with peers who have been in IP stream before, uh, do you find yourself, I guess, comparing uh, or like feeling uh, it was a struggle because of, I guess, knowing that other people had better resources or better prepared than you? Yeah, Yeah, I think that was my, perhaps one of my biggest regrets um, in the past two years is that 
I constantly compared myself with others because back in Commonwealth, I was always rising above others and I was always consistently doing well. But when I went to ACSI, it was like a complete role reversal and I was at the bottom of the food chain. But I constantly blamed my surroundings and blamed the people around me when um, actually all I could have done was just to reach out to teachers and not be afraid. Yeah, so I think the my biggest mistake is definitely comparing myself to people. And um, I'm very competitive, actually. So with this plus the fact that I wasn't doing relatively well, again, the comparing factor comes in. Um, I think um, I it also affected myself mentally and emotionally. Mm. Yeah, it made me have a very low self-esteem and a lot of insecurities. Mm. Mm. So... Yeah, I guess that was my one of my biggest regrets, actually. Mm. Mm. I wish I had focused on myself more and less on other people. Yeah. That could have made me more resilient as well. Mm. Mm. Although I come from a relatively well-to-do family, like we're comfortable, but my neighbourhood background, like school background, taught me how to be a little bit more humble and um, I guess um, empathetic towards students who are not financially doing well um whereas when i entered acsi it was the, the environment was slightly different you know um, um the culture is also a bit different so i had a culture shock mm. but um throughout my two years in acsi i actually struggled with a lot of insecurities insecurities about my secondary school my family wealth my faith my appearances and my school grades these were the, the five things that i struggled with a lot mm. so, um um, however, through all these, um, AC, AC ironically taught me to stand up for myself. It taught me to be humble, but not insecure, confident, but not arrogant, compassionate, but not naive. And um, um, I guess in a sea of fish that are all desperately trying to swim with the flow, I've also found Nemo's and oddballs <laughs> similar to me, um, but with amazing personalities and faith. Um, Isabel, for example. Yeah. Aww. So um, I guess they have been an immense blessing in my life at one point. And um, it's taught me to, like, so really AC has taught me to stand up for myself and not to be ashamed of where you come from and not to compare yourself to people. The pressure is very big in AC, but if you can overcome that, then um, I believe you can overcome anything. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I, I guess it's just different across like different people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Personally, I was a pre- I'm a pressure cooker even before entering ACSI. Yeah. <laughs> so when I entered ACSI, I guess I, I overstressed myself a little bit too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why I also had a little bit of setbacks emotionally. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Well, uh, I guess in the social aspect of AC and, and IB, uh, do you have any highlights, any, any fun memories? Oh yeah, of course. Um, I have my fondest memory is actually in cross country. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, <laughs> because I I'm not good at running, but one of my hobbies is to do things that I hate doing. <laughs> so one of them is running, and I'm really bad at it. And I remember that I got in through begging the coach Aww. and begging the teachers, which was quite funny. Yeah. So for two years straight, I was consistently last place every single time. Like not only amongst the A division, but <laughs> the B and C as well. Aww. So that was really fun because I feel like that. Um, that at first, at first initially, I was very um, thrown down by it. But I realized that I made the choice, and this is just this is just me. Mm. So um, 
I, I feel very happy, you know. When I look back, I can brag to people that I was like top from bottom and I I was like the first and the last. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. I, I feel like also cross country was the place where I could um build my confidence in myself and it, it always reminded me that it's okay to be last and it's okay if you're not doing well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people like, because at the end of the day, the greatest enemy is yourself and mm-hmm. it's you, your own self who's pushing yourself. Yeah. And I think cross country, like I see you girls, you are super close, super tight. Yeah. Really, I'm very thankful for the girls in cross country. We learn to support each other mm-hmm. through the team i think that's the, the perks of being a sports team mm-hmm. yeah and it's even more ironic because cross country is such a it's such an individual sport you know it's like every man for himself but but uh, the girls team at least um, from what i know we never really look towards results mm-hmm. it was always about supporting each other and moving together as a group yeah mm-hmm. they put me along with them physically and like <laughs> and mentally as well that's great yeah so there was no one that was left behind. Mm. So, would you recommend like joining a CCA as a good way to kind of put yourself out there and get to know more of the community? Definitely, especially in ACSI. Um, but um, and I I didn't have enough time for other CCAs because cross country was very it's very taxing. Yeah. yeah, but I also feel like I didn't make an effort to get to know other people, and I feel like um, I had a I had a very one-sided negative view of ACS, perhaps because I wasn't too involved in the CCAs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, I was just exposed to only one side of the school. So I feel like mm-hmm. if I had joined other things that I had passion in, um, perhaps I'll be, I'll have a different view and like I'll enjoy my time in ACS a lot more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. ACS has a lot of potential in many CCAs. Even if you are tired and exhausted, I recommend you just go for it. Go all out and make your experience a fruitful one. Yeah. You yeah. never know what is in store for you in life. Yeah. Mm. yeah, I think when you're in JC, it's it's good to try new things. As, as Gwen said, I don't think you did uh, cross in O-level. I mean, in, in secondary school. No, I was yeah. in Dragon Boat. Mm. Yeah, so I think pushing yourself, like this is the best time to try a new thing now that you're in JC and I think overall the experiences knowing that you've attempted them uh, whether whether you stick to them or not is, is, a, is a good experience yeah uh, so I guess finally if someone from all levels was considering IB uh, Gwen what advice would you give them mm-hmm. firstly I would say always talk to your seniors in IB um, and always choose them from for more information on what is happening um, your seniors can come from your secondary school um, or if there, you have no seniors in secondary school that went to IB, um, try your CCA friends. Mm. Try anyone, literally. Um, don't don't bank it just on orientation and stuff. Don't just bank it on Reddit. <laughs> yeah. and Actually, Reddit is really helpful as well. But I have to say that there are very few Redditors um, from ACSI and SGI. So, okay. yeah. So try to talk more to people in person if you can. Mm. Um, and everyone's experience in IB is different. So, uh, and everyone's experience in ACSI is vastly different as yeah. well. So, if you're going to ask for advice, ask for academic advice, then ask for social. The social aspect is not as important because I only had one senior from 
Commonwealth and I made sure to squeeze out as much um, content on like the internal assessments as I could get from her. But it still took me a long time to get accustomed to IB. Mm-hmm. In fact, it took me about 11 months before I finally knew like what on earth is an internal assessment, <laughs> like why I was spending th- 30 hours in the lab. I had no idea. Yeah. So that's one. Secondly, don't be afraid to show that you need mental, emotional or academic help. Um, look, looks are very deceiving and don't compare yourself academically with the rest of the cohort um, of which many have tuition. You know, you're just going to get beaten up and broken down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, you should just focus on yourself and it's okay if you're not doing well, but just keep pressing on um, and that you are your greatest enemy um, and you are your biggest motivation as well. So yeah. continue to just keep on pressing on. Yeah. And if you're a Christian, you can always trust in God. So yeah. amen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, that's all for today's episode. Uh, thank you so much for listening in to this second episode of IBE. And thank you so much, Gwen. Thank you. For coming on board to be my guest speaker and sharing about how she transitioned from O-Levels to IB. So, as I said, follow us on Instagram at The IB Experience and stay tuned for other podcast episodes to come. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.